Todd Munkin is back in the NFL and has been replaced with Mike Bobo. Alabama basketball is no longer undefeated in SEC play. How will this affect them? The Charlotte Hornets are rolling with wins. How necessary is the all-star break for our small market NBA teams? And how well will this new version of the XFL work out? The stories are on display on this new episode of Jake's Take. Let's go! What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sermon, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Still 14. Joining me later on is my co-host, Christy, at Christy Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all sports in different forms and varieties. Well, obviously, we said the NFL season is in the books. Congrats again to the Kansas City Chiefs. But there's no shortage of news, and it's great. I love it. It's it's just amazing because, you know, we love to hear when there is stuff available, especially when it becomes in regards to news. But first and foremost, I do want to highlight Tim McGarver, who just recently passed away at the time of this recording today. And he was someone who was very big into color commentating. He had worked on the World Series. He worked with the MLB. Now, I know I'm not a big baseball person, but still, you have to give credit to what it's due so we are thinking of him at this time especially with his friend with his friends and families and everyone who has worked closely with him now moving on to our very first segment in regards to former former sorry offensive coordinator for the georgia bulldogs todd munkin now this is a very big leave for the Georgia Bulldogs, because Todd Munkin was very big in developing Stetson Bennett. Obviously, Stetson Bennett is gone, but you still have Wad McConkie and Brock Bowers. But you are now also bringing out, sorry, you're also telling how one of the premier offensive coordinators is gone. And he was a very big part of the success. I mean, think about it. You think about previous offenses under Georgia, and it was hit or miss. And now, you know, you're losing that guy. And you want to know who they're replacing him with? The guy whose offenses were hit or miss. Yeah, that's right. They're bringing in Mike Bobo. Out of all coaches, they chose Mike Bobo. Now, I know you're going to say, but Jacob, Mike Bobo was good at Georgia. He did a great job with Aaron Murray and Matthew Stafford. Sure, he did. But as a head coach, he did not do that well. It was pretty on display of his struggles. So I definitely think with this, you know, we have to think, wow, is Georgia taking a step back? And also, is Georgia copying Alabama? That's right. I would find a way to put Alabama in this episode, and I did it. People were giving Nick Saban so much heat for bringing back Kevin Steele as the defensive coordinator. Where's the heat for Kirby for bringing back Mike Bobo? That's the other thing, too. Mike Bobo and Kirby Smart are good friends. So this hire doesn't look necessarily as good, but it's still one that I have some questions and concerns about. But we'll just have to see. I mean, who knows? You know, Mike Bobo could be a great assistant or he could be fired in the next few years. We will just have to see. Now, Todd Munkin going to the Baltimore Ravens, this is something where it is pretty familiar. You know, Todd Munkin has been in the NFL before. He had some success. Is this a push to keep Lamar? I'm going to say yes. I feel like it could be a push to keep Lamar. You know, this is a team right now that hasn't really wanted to give Lamar the money he deserves. And no one really knows why. 
Because with this, I think it's pretty brutal that they're not treating their quarterback like a star. I know that Lamar hasn't done too, too much. But still, it's pretty on display that the Ravens are thinking that they could get something better. And Tyler Huntley, who is a Pro Bowl alternate, I know it's really weird, is not better than Lamar. So right now, I think they're trying to keep Lamar. Maybe this hire could work. Maybe, you know, he could bring some interesting play calling there. But you also have to find ways that you can keep Lamar. And maybe this is how Todd Munkin gets a better focus with Lamar there. Moving on to our next point, and it pains me to say this, but not only did Alabama lose and they're no longer undefeated in SEC play, but they lost to Tennessee and oh my gosh, everyone is having a field day with this. And they're saying, oh my gosh, Alabama lost in four months, exactly four months in two different sports. Ooh, oh my gosh, it's so annoying. Look, I understand that Alabama did not play a good game on Wednesday. You know, they had 20 turnovers. They looked confused. They were having trouble moving the ball. Brandon Miller struggled. But I think with this game... Most importantly, it was just hard because it was so hard to watch. I feel like this team just wasn't all the way put together. And also, orange is such a terrible color. I swear, I feel like I see it and I just cringe because it's so bad. However, I'm still very proud of this team. Now, with this, there's still a lot of the season left. You know, they're still going to make the... NCAA tournament. Sorry, I had to think about what it's called. I usually just call it March Madness. They still have that ability to make that. Now, with this right now, you know, they are still going to figure things out. How are they going to respond? How are they going to play in their next games? Now, think about how they came after their loss against Oklahoma. They came out, they were doing really well. I'm hoping that they come out like that when they play on Saturday. But we just have to kind of see, you know, this was a game played in a very loud environment. And this is also against a team that lost in back-to-back games on buzzer-beaten plays, which is kind of funny because, you know, that's hilarious to see. Also, I really just want Tennessee fans to be humbled. Also, I didn't even know that Tennessee fans really existed until this year. Because where have they been? And we've talked about that before. So I'm not sorry for that. But really with this, I think that, you know, it was going to happen. And, you know, we're still proud of this team. Nate Oates is still a terrific coach. No one's saying fire him. If they are, why you're saying that? You don't know basketball. But they need to figure out ways to keep improving and to grow up. This is still a very young team. And they've grown up a lot, but they still have their youth. Also, I just want to say this, and a lot of people who are Alabama fans and Alabama students know this. I got Arby's after that loss. It is still not good. Like, their curly fries were not good whatsoever. Their shake was good, but their curly fries not good. So I don't want us to lose again because I don't want to go back to Arby's. And I don't think any Alabama fan wants to right now. But right now, Alabama is still going to be ranked in the top five or top ten. Obviously, you know, being ranked number one is a huge honor. I don't know if we were ready for it, but we've had a great season and we are a top seed in March Madness, which is great. 
but it's better for us to lose now than to lose later down the time. So keep your eye out on this Alabama team, especially how they rebound, because it could be good. But right now, you know, there's still a lot of season left and there's still a lot to be excited about. But I still have faith in this team for how they're going to do over the next few weeks. And it's Friday. I know the week went by so quickly and it's Friday again, but it's time for Christie's Corner. Christie's got a lot to break down, such as Todd Munkin moving back to the NFL, some interesting hires to the Alabama Crimson Tide, and a few interesting takes in regards to college football and the XFL being back. As always, take it away, Christy. The floor is yours. Hello. Welcome to a new episode of Christy's Corner. Lots of news to break down for you. Some quarterback changes, some coaching changes, and some criminal activity. So we'll start with the criminal things. You know, these aren't exactly fun stories to talk about, especially when the player is well known on a team that you like, and that's what we have. So former Bama wide receiver Treshawn Holden, who actually entered the transfer portal this past December and landed at Oregon, has been arrested. He was arrested on Wednesday for three charges. He had a misdemeanor for menacing, and then he actually had two felonies. One was unlawful use of a weapon, and one was coercion. Oregon did dismiss him immediately. I was really sad to see his name start trending because of this situation. Treshawn was almost the only player that I was really sad to see leave Bama for the transfer portal. Um, He had a great season. He had great catches and touchdowns this past year with Bama. And I feel like if he would have stayed at Bama, all cylinders would have clicked, especially with new coaching staff coming in. I think he was going to be a good target for whichever quarterback is going to start. So I was really sad to see him leave Bama, but I'm even more sad to see this news because it's going to be hard for him to get picked up by any other program if he's still even eligible to play. I'm sure because of felony charges, if he's found guilty, he will have to serve time. But this kind of paralleled another former Alabama receiver in IGA Hall, So he had left Bama to go to Texas, and before even playing a game for Texas, he was let go because of criminal mischief. I think he was actually suspended, Um, and then he actually entered the transfer portal, and he has not landed anywhere yet. I, I just don't understand the mindset of these players. I mean, they have their whole lives in front of them and they're just throwing them away for mistakes. And I feel like maybe the NIL whole situation can come into play here because these players are already getting paid. They're already famous. They're already having their name and image used for ads and all kinds of things. So I'm not sure if that's going to their head or they're not behaving because they kind of already have what they want. I mean, they're playing football for a career, for money. 
so they're not maybe behaving as well because why would they? They're already getting what they want. It's just really disappointing to see this trend taking place and especially for players that you like and you didn't want to see leave your own team. So we'll keep you updated on that if we hear more. But on to some different people leaving and entering. There's all kinds of stuff happening, all kinds of moving. So a coaching news is Todd Munkin is now the new Ravens offensive coordinator. Now, at first, I was a little confused by this hire. I thought Todd Munkin would leave Georgia. He is Georgia's um, offensive coordinator formally. But I thought if he left that we were going to see him take a head coach position, either in college or maybe even NFL. But I do think this could work for him. And speaking of Georgia, they have already filled that hole. They promoted their analyst, Mike Bobo, to take that position. So I think Todd Munkin can really help Lamar Jackson solidify his game and his identity with the Ravens. So um, Todd Munkin is known to be kind of an asset for quarterbacks. He has previously been quarterbacks coach. He was actually an OC with the Bucks, where the Bucks that season under them had an, the NFL's best passing attack. He was an OC at the Browns for a while when Baker Mayfield was there. And under him, Mayfield threw for his career best for 3,827 yards. And what something I found interesting um, this offseason, Todd Munkin actually interviewed with the Bucks, And I feel like maybe he, I don't know if the Bucks offered it to him, but if they did, I feel like maybe he turned that down because we don't really know who their starting quarterback is going to be. And he is known for building that quarterback. And I feel like he probably sees something in Lamar and likes the program with the Ravens where he felt he could go in and help that pass game. So I think it's a good move for the Ravens, and I do think we'll see some improvement for Lamar under Todd. Another quarterback to talk about is Derek Carr. So he was officially released from the Raiders and just in time, literally the day before he was guaranteed to get $40 million from his contract. Now, in 2021, Derek Carr was on record saying he would probably retire rather than play anywhere else. So something broke down there between the Raiders and Derek Carr. Obviously, we know that they weren't getting along. I mean, he kind of just left and stopped showing up. So at that point, you kind of know you're done and your relationships are shot there. Now, before he was let go, there was one team that was interested in a trade for Carr, and that was the Saints. Um, now, Carr would have taken a pay cut, and we know he interviewed with the Saints for a really long time. I think he was there checking things out for two days, and I think they kind of officially said, we're not really interested. We're going to move forward and move on. So I do have some teams to look out for that might pick up Derek Carr. Um, I have the Packers. Now, we don't really know for sure what Aaron Rodgers is doing, 
But I think we all know it is leaning more towards him being with another team. So I think teams are going to wait for Aaron Rodgers to make his move and decide where he would like to go before we see Derek Carr anywhere. But if he leaves, I think the Packers could be interested in him. Another team would be the Jets. Um, Their pass game coordinator was actually a pass quarterback coach and OC for Derek Carr. So they do have a strong relationship. So I could see him going there if Aaron Rodgers doesn't land with the Jets. Another team could be the Panthers. There's really no strong connections with any of the coaching staff there. And I could really see the Panthers re-signing Sam Darnold. So they're not high on my list for taking Carr, but definitely not off the list. Another one could be the Titans if they decide to move on from Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill really struggled this past season. He was kind of injury-ridden, so we'll see about that. The only thing I'm not sure there is the salary would not be where Derek Carr wants it because either way, if the Titans trade away Tannehill or just cut him, they are going to have to either pay his contract out or make some trades or draft picks. So it's kind of going to be messy there too if they want him. Um, And then some drama, I guess more drama out of Alabama. And I didn't know that this was drama until I started really looking into this guy and who he is. So Alabama has made another hire, I guess you could say on their coaching staff in Ken Wisenhunt. So his official title is special assistant. I don't know what that title entails and it's special assistant to Nick Saban. Is this like a secretary like is he running to get his coffee like his two oatmeal cream pies in the morning like what is a special assistant and let me just say no one was fired from this position I'm not really even sure if Alabama had this position previously or prior I don't know but let me give you his background so he has been kind of all over the place he was the Cardinals head coach for a while for six seasons where he came away with a losing record. Now, he did take them to the Super Bowl, but still, a losing record in six seasons, not good for a resume. He was also on the Titans, where over a year and some change, he was 3-20. and 20. So, again, a ding on the resume. He was the Chargers offensive coordinator in 2016 through 2019. Nothing super notable there. Um, And these past two seasons, he was the offensive analyst for Penn State. So I feel like each of these jobs, he's kind of taken a pay cut and a downgrade in position. So he has landed at special assistant for Nick Saban. Now, here's something to note. There is someone else on the coaching staff at Alabama named Zach Mettenberg. And Zach Mettenberg is actually married to Ken Wisenhunt's daughter. To me, this sounds like somebody was doing him a favor, creating a new position for him and bringing him in, and I don't know what he's going to do for us. I usually have only positive things to say about Bama, but there's some suspicious activity going on with this hire, but maybe 
somebody, especially Saban, knows more than I do. I'm sure he does. We'll see if he can help us at all next season. Um, Some more coaching hires back to the NFL, and we've mentioned their names. We just haven't dug super deep into what it means for these teams. So with the Cardinals, they have officially hired a head coach, and they hired Jonathan Gannon. Now, his most important move is going to be hiring the next offensive coordinator for the Cardinals, and it needs to be somebody that can come in and really strengthen Kyler Murray. Uh, Coming from a college football fan standpoint, obviously, I'm not a huge Kyle Murray fan, but I do think there was a lot of wasted talent in him last year under Cliff Kingsbury and the whole program at the Cardinals. So between Jonathan Gannon and whoever they hire as the offensive coordinator, I think they need to hire someone that can come in and build the program around Kyler and his style. So somebody that's going to run explosive plays. They need someone to help the team with protection of the ball. If Jonathan Gannon can do that, I think we're going to see a much better Kyler Murray than we saw this past season. And another head coaching position that was filled, and this is one where I'm going to say you heard it here first, was the Colts, and they hired the Eagles OC in Shane Steichen. Um, This one can be interesting. I think Shane Steichen could bring some people with him. Now, the Eagles aren't going to have a ton of free agents, but I could see Gardner Minshew coming with them. Now, I still think we would see Gardner play as a backup because the Colts have a really high draft pick, and I do think they're going to pick a quarterback. And the Colts, I think it was the owner, maybe general manager, even the coach have talked really highly about Bryce Young. Now, maybe later we'll discuss where I want Bryce to go, and it's the Texans, and we can talk about why later. But I could see them going after Bryce Young if he's still available by their pick. Now, we know the NFL's over. We saw the Super Bowl. Hopefully, you listened to our Super Bowl episode. But this does not mean there is no football until next fall. We have the XFL. The XFL is starting Saturday. It's going to be a 10-week regular schedule. And something to note is... The Rock, yes, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is like a co-owner or something. Somehow he has his hand tied in. And why that's important is because we all know Rock is from WWE. And WWE is an entertainment industry. So I'm not sure how much that will tie into the XFL. I feel like now the NFL is more like an entertainment industry. So we'll see. But... There are going to be eight teams. It's really the North versus the South. Go South. Um, Just some notable players that I think are pretty cool that we'll get to see them continue their football career. Look for Josh Gordon to play. And then A.J. McCarron, an old Alabama friend, and he is going to play for St. Louis. Um, One more big thing that's kind of causing an I guess a stir and an excitement in a positive way for the XFL is a big rule change. 
So in the NFL, they have this really outdated crazy rule that a forward fumble in the field of play that exits the end zone results in a turnover and the defense gets the ball at that 20-yard line. I don't know why that rule exists. It seems like just a benefit and easy way for the defense to get the ball instead of going in and batting it back out of the end zone. They could just let it roll out and it's their ball. That's obviously unfair well the xfl is changing that so if that happens in the xfl the possession reverts to offense at the spot of the fumble i mean that just sounds like common sense to me i'm maybe some of the nfl people higher ups will be watching the xfl and say hey that makes sense maybe the refs in the x and the xfl will know what a catch is maybe we'll learn something so next year we won't have these calls that really determine a game, but we will see what happens. There is a lot to look forward to. There is still all kinds of changes coming, so keep up with us. We'll try to keep you updated, and we'll see you next time. Bye. As always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Christy. I'm very excited with the news around the xfl coming back being completely honest i kind of forgot about the xfl coming back this soon but i do love the rock and i mean who doesn't love more football now with the xfl it's not meant to compete with the nfl you know like we said before the xfl was created by the wwe and it's the entertainment industry now we had tried to have the xfl previously in the 2020 season and it worked for a little bit but then it ultimately folded and then they had to look back at it and see really what happened so ultimately with this right now when it came to the xfl it was founded by vince mcmahon in 2018 as a reboot to the league he founded in 2001 and then after five weeks of play the league's operation came to close due to covid and they filed for bankruptcy. And then The Rock came in and brought in the idea that they were going to purchase the XFL. And it came back and they're going to start on the 18th. Now, they operate in the winter after the end of the NFL season before the start of the USFL. Basically with this, it's a way to provide more football for football fans. Now with this, there aren't going to be any small market teams from the South in here. I mean, you've got the D.C. Defenders, Seattle Sea Dragons, St. Louis Battlehawks, Vegas Vipers, Arlington Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, Orlando Guardians, and San Antonio Brahmas. I feel like those are, you know, pretty good teams for sure to have. But, I mean, things happen. But, like we said, you know, get excited. It's going to be a great team dynamic. And there is, you know, a lot that we can really look into. So, what should we expect with the XFL. Well, I mean, one of the things here that you have to look into is that with the XFL, you're having a lot of players get a second chance. You know, a lot of players have this dream where they want to play in the NFL. And this is their opportunity where they can get noticed and potentially get a chance to play in the NFL, depending on how well they do in the XFL. Now, you know, AJ McCarron had some time in the NFL, Geronimo Allison, Jordan Ta'amu. So look for these players to do pretty well because they're playing against some pretty good competition. 
But what's important too is that they're getting that opportunity to play a game they love. Now, it's not going to be as exciting as the NFL. You know, nothing is. But, you know, it could be a little bit different. You know, we saw the rise of the USFL. Now we might see something like that similar with the XFL. And it wouldn't be a Jake's Take episode without us highlighting our NBA teams in the small market. Now, more importantly, something that we haven't talked about recently is the fact that Charlotte has won a few games. I know it's so crazy because Charlotte usually is talked about in such a negative way, but they're winning games. Now, of course, one of these wins was over San Antonio and the other one was over Atlanta. But Atlanta is a pretty... uh, Actually, no, I feel like if I say that, you know, right now, the best way to describe Atlanta is Maxwell J. Friedman by saying mid. I feel like and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate and I'm sorry, Atlanta Hawks fans, but right now they're just not good. I mean, they lost to the Knicks. They lost to the Hornets and the Hornets, you know, they are looking up. Could they turn it around? I don't know. I mean, you know, the All-Star break is coming up. Maybe it'll help. Maybe it won't. The All-Star break typically helps some teams, and then it might not help other teams. But we'll just see. Lomelo is looking like his old self. And really right now, I mean, they could be doing better. Now, it does beg the question of are their opponents just bad or is his team good? And being completely honest, I don't really know how to answer this. I feel like right now we could see a difference of what could really be going on. I feel like at this moment, you know, we really don't know what this team is. I mean, they have only won 17 games and they're so far removed from the play-in tournament whatsoever. Do I think that they can win the remaining games? Eh, It's a lot easier said than done. I mean, Yes, they put up a good fight against a lot of these teams, but they're just missing so many pieces right now. And I mean, that was the other thing too. You know, they traded away Mason Plumlee and Jaden McDaniels, and they got Myholic, and he's done pretty good. But still, I mean, you know, this is a team that's also had a lot of trouble. You know, Terry Rozier is looking good. Lamelo Ball is looking okay. But I don't really know if this is going to be a team that can win now. I mean, you know, they can get there eventually, but right now it's not looking as good. So we'll put a bookmark into that, but I think they could win a few games, but I don't know if they're exactly the team that I see winning all these games like they were expected. And our final point, speaking of the All-Star break, is this going to be big for our small market teams? I think yes. I mean, It's really pivotal that we're going to get rest for our teams. You know, right now we've got a lot of teams that have some players who are hurt. And I think this will be really big for them. Now, obviously, we've talked about the Atlanta Hawks. And obviously, you know, they got some time off. But right now, a big, I guess, health concern could be John Collins. It was as day-to-day. Now, they haven't had a lot of players hurt, which is good. But they just need to figure some stuff out. I mean, this is a team that just traded for Sadiq Bey. And I don't know if they found a way to get him really involved. I mean, he's played in two games and he has seven points. But right now, you know, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray are above 20 points. 
And aside from that, really, I mean, you've got DeAndre Hunter, Bogdanovich, John Collinson, Capella. They're looking pretty good. But I still feel like there's a lot more you need to see. And that's kind of what's a little concerning to me, too, because you aren't seeing too, too much from the Atlanta Hawks. Now, moving on to the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, once again, I feel like with the Memphis Grizzlies, they've had some trouble recently. And part of that kind of is just the immaturity of this team. Right now, they are dealing with the loss of Steven Adams, who has been hurt for a pretty long time. You know, he got hurt about around the time they played the Phoenix Suns. And really with that right now, they were expected to be, they had expected him to be out three to five weeks. It's about that time, so he could be coming back soon. But he was a very big loss for this team because they really needed you know, a center. And right now they're missing some pieces right now. So kind of be on the lookout there. And of course, we've got the Pelicans. And the Pelicans have had a very rough past few weeks. You know, they lost Zion. B.I. had been hurt. Dyson Daniels got hurt. And now B.I. is back. But then Zion had a setback. So he was expected to be able to really play. But now it's not looking like that. Dyson Daniels, their rookies hurt. Larry Nance Jr. didn't play in the loss against the Lakers. So right now, it could really depend on what really happens with this team. But I feel like the all-star break will be really good for our small market teams because they need to get their key players back and they need to figure out how to grow from these tough losses. Now, the Pelicans are sitting at around the eighth seed. You know, they've bounced between the seven and eight seed. They're not fully out of it yet. But they need to find a way to get back to winning. They were doing really well in October, November, December. January was tough after the Zion injury. They need to find a way to get back to their basics until Zion gets back. We don't know when he gets back. He could be back in March. He could be back in April. He could be in, back in time for the playoffs. But here's a similar situation. The Pelicans were in a very similar stance last year. Remember, they didn't have Zion. They made a trade for CJ McCollum and Larry Nance. They were ultimately able to use that trade and go on and figure out what they were doing in regards to how they could improve. So I don't think we should give up on the Pelicans just quite yet, but this is still very pivotal for our small market teams. In regards to the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson has been having some foul trouble. What's he going to do after the All-Star break? And what are we going to see in regards to John Rant and his load management? Or if Dylan Brooks is going to grow up and stop getting in fights with people? Either way, right now, there are a lot of questions surrounding our small market teams. But we have three teams that are set to be in the playoffs. How are those three teams going to handle all this change, especially in their conferences? But that is going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. You can find... This episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're all basically on all podcast platforms. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at Jake's Take Podcast or my personal Instagram, Jake Sale 14 or my personal Twitter at Slaked by Jake. You can follow Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network. Check them out. Check out our merch on Bonfire. It's so exciting that we've got that coming and get ready for All-Star Weekend. The XFL is back 
get ready for some more hot takes in regards to the NFL draft and the rest of the NBA season. But until then, continue to be the best version of you you can be. Bring smiles into this world. Continue to be a lot as the world is still a very scary place. Make other people happy. Go on adventures. And as always, we will see and hear from you all later. Take care.